Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. So last week was uh, Veterans Day weekend, and we celebrated all of our veterans that were here with us, and we not only celebrated, but we honored all of them for all of the mighty work that they have done so we can experience freedoms. And one of the things that every single person that has ever been in the military has had to have learned, they all have had to have learned how to march. And marching is a skill that every single combat soldier must learn if they want to be in the military. Marching is the most powerful and effective way ever since ancient times to be able to move troops from one location to another location so that they could take new ground and new territory. And I want to submit to you today that as believers, we also must take new ground and new territory every single day and every single season of our life so that we can make it into the promise land that God is calling us to do. And the only way that we could do that is by learning how to march. And so today I've titled the message, How to March. And we're going to be taking a look at the book of Joshua. And so if you have your Bibles or if you have your smartphones or you have whatever it is that you look at scripture on, go ahead and begin to open up to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. Also, our scriptures are going to be on the screens as well. And so if you didn't bring any of those, you can follow along that way as well. But uh, we're going to be taking a look at Joshua chapter 6 together. Uh, if you don't have sermon notes yet, you can lift your hands up high, long enough just so that ushers can hand you some sermon notes so you can have a good road map and tool to help you know where we're headed today in our sermon. But let's pray and let's ask the presence of the Spirit of God to be with us this morning. Lord, we thank you for your wonderful presence that is here. Lord, I have prayed, planned, and prepared. And now I, I ask you, Lord, to put the power that comes with the preaching of the Holy Spirit today. Lord, we don't want man's word. We want the word. We want God's word to pierce our hearts. And so, Lord, as we learn today how to take new ground and new territory and learn how to march, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Anoint your servant and anoint our ears that we can hear what you're trying to speak to us today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen. 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 By the time that we get to the book of Joshua, chapter 6, Moses has already died, and now Joshua is the next leader that's going to take the nation of Israel into the promised land. But on their way to march to the promised land, they reached a city called Jericho, and there were some walls that were between them and the promised land. And there are some things that they did to respond to these walls and to this city that I also want for us to see how they managed to get through this city so that they made it to their promised land and so that we can make it to our promised land as well. And so this morning, I want to give you seven thoughts about how to march that I would like for us to learn today so that we could be more effective in everything that God is calling us to do. Amen. So let's take a look at Joshua chapter six, starting at verse one. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March. And somebody shout that word march. March. Say it again. March. And we're going to learn how to march today, Harvest Church. I don't know how your walking is. I don't know how your running is. But today we're going to learn how to march in the army of the Lord and to make it to the things that God is calling us to do. He said, march around the city once and all of the armed men 
with all of the armed men. Do this for six days. And the Lord said, march around the city. Jericho had walls that were uh, keeping it safe, protecting Jericho. And the Lord speaks to Israel and he says, march around the walls. And that's the first thought that I would like to share with you today is march around the walls. And there is always going to be a wall between you and the promised land. I hope that you do realize that God has a promised land for you this morning. I hope you do realize that God has a blessing for you this morning. I hope that you realize that God has more ahead of you than all the things you've already done in the past behind you. There's a promised land that God wants to take you to. There's a promised land God wants to take Harvest Church to. There's a promised land that God wants to take your family to. We just have to begin to march. And there's a promised land that God God has for you and the only way that we're going to make it to that wall and make it through that wall is to learn how to march there's going to be a wall there's going to be opposition there's going to be a thing that we have to do called the march if we want to make it to our promised land and if we look at the nation of Israel God's people were in captivity in Egypt for 400 years and then God sends Moses to deliver his people and when he gets to Egypt he encounters a wall named Pharaoh and then he after some time he takes his people out of Egypt only to encounter another wall called the Red Sea and then he tells them that they're going to defeat the Philistines and then he encounter another wall called Goliath then I think about David and how he was anointed to be the next king of Israel and how he encountered a wall he encountered a wall named Saul and Saul tries to kill and, 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 and tries to hurt him on several different occasions I think about Joshua and how he had a dream about how he was going to be an effective leader and how he was going to be a powerful ruler and then he encounters a wall named his own brothers and then they sold him into slavery there's always going to be a wall that stands between you and the promised land there's always going to be gates or a city that is between between you and the promised land but one of the things that we have to understand is that if we want to make it to the promised land every single one of us is going to have to learn how to march somebody say amen, amen. and so many people when they're marching they stop in front of walls because they can't see that breakthrough is coming they can't see the victory that's coming they can't see that on the other side of that wall there's a promised land that God has for them to inherit and it's so interesting to me that in this portion of scripture it starts out by saying see I have delivered Jericho into your hands and so many people on their way to the promised land they stop in front of the walls because they can't see what is on the other side all they see is a problem and they don't see that there's a promise and God would say to you and to me I don't see a problem I see a promise I don't see a wall I see a defeated city why is it that two people can look at the same wall and yet see two different situations what are we looking at are we looking at at a wall with our eyes or do we see the situation through God's eyes it's not what we look at it's what we see yeah. preach that one again pastor Gary it's not what we look at it's what we see are you looking at a wall are you looking at what the wall is or what the wall could be do you through are you looking through the eyes of fear or are you looking through the eyes of faith because all of us are seeing walls are you looking at an obstacle or are you looking at an opportunity are you looking at the problems or are you looking at the promises it's not what you look at it's what you see harvest church the question is what are you looking at are you looking at 
at a wall or do you see victory? Are you looking at a wall or do you see promise? Are you looking at a wall or do you see a defeated city? What is it that you're looking at? And this church is filled with testimonies where God has put dreams and desires inside of your heart. And on your way to marching to the promised land, you could you probably encountered a wall. Not probably, but you did encounter a wall. And the reason why there's a testimony in your life today is because as you've been marching, you encountered a wall and you had a choice. You could have done a couple of things. You could have given in. You could have looked at the wall and said it's too big. You see, you could have said it's too strong and there's no way I can, I can overachieve that wall. But you didn't do that. What you did is you looked at the wall, but you saw victory. You looked at the wall, but you saw promise. You looked at the wall and you saw that you're going to be able to make it no matter what it is that God is calling you to do, no matter how big that wall might be. And you chose to continue to look at what God says. And I, and I just want to remind someone here this morning that there is a promise that is out there for you. And you might be encountering a wall. You might be encountering opposition. You might be encountering all different types of things. But it's not what you look at. It's what you see. And God has victory for us on the other side. We just have to keep on marching at the wall. We just have to keep on prevailing. We just have to keep on marching no matter how big that wall is. Because, again, it doesn't matter how big that wall is. You might be looking at a wall, but I see victory. I might be looking at a wall, but I see that God's going to be with me. I might be looking at a wall, but I see that God's going to be for me. I might be looking at a wall, but I'm seeing my kids come back. I might be looking at a wall, but I see the job that's before me. I might be looking at a wall, but I know God is with me. And if God is with me, who could be against me? Come on, somebody say amen. All right, number two, the second thought on how to march is this. Keep marching when the, thing, when the things God is asking you to do do not make sense. Keep marching when the things God is asking you to do don't make sense. Joshua chapter 6, starting at verse 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its kings and the fighting men. March around the city once with all of the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams of horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the horns. Now, when I think about the battle plan... That God just gave to Israel in this text. I, I can't make any sense of this battle plan. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And whenever there's a wall that is in front of you, there, it, it doesn't make sense for God to say what he just said. Because whenever we're, we're marching towards a promised land, there will be a wall that's in front of us. There will be soldiers on top of the wall that are looking down. There will be an army on the other side of that wall. And here's the thing that we all have to realize that God in this verse is saying, here's the battle plan that I want to give you. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to march to the wall. And I want you to go there and march around it for six days. And I want the preachers, I want the pastors to grab some ram's horns, to grab trumpets of ram's horns. And I want them to, I want the preachers. I don't want the people that, that can grab swords or javelins or spears. What I want is the preachers, the pastors to grab the, the, the ram's horns and play them like 
trumpets. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. What I like to do in verses like this is I like to put myself in the text so that I can gain an understanding and a sense of what's taking place. And so, God, this just doesn't make any sense to me on how we're going to defeat Jericho. So you want us, you want us pastors and preachers, you want us to grab trumpets and to begin to play them? That doesn't make any sense to me. to grab trumpets and to play like that doesn't make any sense to me if anything let's get the soldiers let's have them mount up on the on the on the horses let's have them grab their spears and have them grab their swords and let's them walk up to this wall and let's have them start fighting and battling it makes sense to me for us to grab our physical weapons and to begin to fight this battle how about you it doesn't make any sense to me. But God says, if you're, God says, you're not going to take the promised land on facts. He says, you're going to take the promised land by faith. And God is saying, I'm not interested in your facts. I want you to do the things I've asked you to do because then when you defeat this army, when you defeat this wall, you're going to know that you didn't defeat that thing on facts, but that you, de- you defeated that thing on faith. It's not going to be by your will, but it's going to be by my will. Come on, somebody say amen. People that enter the promised land learn that they must keep marching by faith even when things don't make sense. God, I don't know what you're asking me to do, but I'm going to keep on doing it. God, I don't know why you've called me here, but God, I'm going to be faithful. God, I don't know where it is that you want me to go, but I'm going to keep on listening to your voice and be obedient to your word. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30, it says this. It was by facts. No. No. No, it doesn't say that. What does it say? It was by faith. By what? By what? It was by faith that people of, that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith. The Bible says it wasn't by logic. The Bible doesn't say that it was by human wisdom. The Bible doesn't say that it was by facts that the wall came down, but it was by faith. And God says, if you will march, the walls will fall. And the problem is that so many people who are marching on the way to the wall, they get to the wall and then they start praying like this. They say, Lord, make that wall fall down first and then I'll march. And God says, no, that's not how it works. First, I need you to march and then the wall will fall but so many people start they stop in front of that wall and they ask God God I don't want to have to go through this God why am I doing it God why don't you just make the wall fall and God says continue to be faithful you continue to march and then I will make the walls fall listen if we are waiting for perfect conditions If we're waiting for everything to be perfect, we're never going to march into the promised land. We have to learn to march while the walls are still standing. Every single victory that I've ever experienced in my life was because I said no to facts and yes to faith. When I first got saved, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And man, I was so on fire for the Lord. But when I first got saved, I was working seven days a week as a hairstylist just so I could make a ton of money. And and then facts said... 
don't stop working seven days a week. Fact said, don't give up working on Sunday just so that you can go to church. But faith said, you can make more money in six days than you ever could in seven. Come on, someone say amen. And then I started feeling a call into ministry. And facts said, you don't, you don't want to quit your job. You don't want to go back to school. Don't do that. Don't take a chance. No one's going to ever take a chance on someone like you, on someone who's not qualified. But faith said, no, you need to take a chance. And you need to know that you are qualified, that, that you may not be qualified, but that God qualifies the called because you are called. And then I think about the time when I started liking Pastor Christina. And hey, <laughs> hey, hey now. Babe, you do look really good. I just got to tell I told her this this morning, but man, you look so, so amazing. You, you, I don't know how I got you, but I'm sure glad I did. I'll tell you that. All right, back to the anointing. You're so stunning. You're taking me away from where was I in my message. You made me forget where I'm at. When I started liking Pastor Christina, facts said 50% of marriages end in divorce. That's in the church, outside the church. That's in ministry, not in ministry. That's with pastors, parishioners. That's across the board. Facts said, you know, only 36% of people that are married today are even happy in their relationship still. That's what facts said. But faith said, no, you take a chance and you begin to change that statistic for Jesus Christ and you stand on me, you stand on, your, on my word and I will give you the relationship that you're hoping for so that it could be a, a blessing to so many people that watch change those statistics and when I wanted to when we wanted to have children we started talking about having kids and faith said you can't afford to have kids where are my parents at how many of you know what I'm talking about where are my parents at where are my parents at facts said you can't afford to have kids and faith said yeah facts are right you can't afford to have those kids but faith also said, you rely on the Lord and he will make a way where there seems to be no way. You may not understand how God's going to do it, but God will be able to make it happen. Listen, this, is for some, this isn't even in my notes, but this is for someone here today. I'm just thinking about this right now. There's someone here today and you're contemplating having more children or maybe you already have children. And you're thinking, man, I don't know how in the world financially we're going to be able to get ahead in life. I don't know how this is going to work out financially. How, Lord, is this going to work out? Can I just tell you a testimony in my own family? So my, my daughter, Lexi, uh, she goes to Vanguard University. It's, it's over a $50,000 college a year. It's over $200,000 over the course of four years. And can I tell you that she got a full-ride scholarship? And we didn't know how in the world we were going to send her to college. And then just about two weeks ago, our son Jordan, he signed with NCU, North Central University. And he was also given a four-year full-paid scholarship. How does that happen? I don't know. You know how it happens? I kept on marching along the way. And I saw a wall. And I saw barriers. But it wasn't what I looked at. It was what I was seeing. Because God will make a way even when there seems to be no way. Someone say a loud amen. amen. We have to learn to march and to follow the voice of the Lord even when it doesn't make sense. We have to obey the word of God and do the things that he's asking us to do that might even seem unpopular because people who enter the promised land don't enter in on facts. They enter in on faith in the word of God and the voice of God. Amen? Amen. Number three, the third thought I would like to share with you today is march with the presence of the Lord. Oh, preach that one, Pastor Gary. March with the presence of the Lord. Look at verse 6. It says, so Joshua, son of Nun, 
called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry the trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Verse 8, After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord. Did you catch that? Marching in the presence of of the Lord, blowing the, the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. If we want to make it to the promised land, we need to march in the presence of the Lord. The ark of the covenant represented the presence of God. And if we, the only way that we will enter the promised land is if we also have the presence of God on our lives. You see, we're not, well, we're not just fighting a physical battle. We're fighting a spiritual battle. And everything is more spiritual than we might even realize. And the reason why so many people don't enter the promised land is because they're trying to fight spiritual battles with carnal weapons, physical weapons. But we have to to fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons and the way that spiritual battles are won the way that miracles are seen the way that the sick are healed the way that the lame begin to walk the way that the deaf begin to hear the way that the blind begin to see the way that this happens is that they have to go with the presence of the Lord and the way that the Israelites defeated Jericho and defeated that wall was they had to have the presence of the Lord on their life and verse 7 says this it says they guarded the ark of the covenant they literally had soldiers strategically placed surrounding the ark of the covenant they were protecting and guarding the presence of the lord on their life and if we want to be able to enter the promised land there's something that we're going to have to learn how to do we're going to have to learn to protect and guard the presence of the lord also in our life we're going to have to guard our prayer time we're going to have to guard our bible reading time we're going to have to guard our devotional life there's nothing that we can let get in between us and the presence of the Lord guard your tithes and your offerings guard your serving guard your church attendance guard the things that you know God is asking you to do because that's the only way that we'll be able to enter the promised land is with the presence of the Lord the Israelites protected the presence of the Lord they guarded the presence of the Lord and Harvest Church one thing that I love about you and one thing that I love about this church is that there's a real tangible presence of the Lord in this house. Come on, say amen. And because of that, our best days are still ahead of us and the best is yet to come because we have the tangible presence of the Lord in this church. Don't ever take that for granted. Continue to protect the anointing. Guard the presence of the Lord. It's key to get us to our next season in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout aloud, amen. amen. The fourth thought that I would like to share with you is this. We must march together. We must march together. That one might seem like an easy one, but let me just tell you the importance of this one is very, very crucial and very key for us to make it into the promised land. Verse 9 says, Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns, and some behind the ark with the priests continually blow, blowing the horns. Now, I love this because there were some that were carrying the ark of the covenant. There were some that were guarding the front of the ark. There were some that were guarding the back of the ark. There were some that were blowing trumpets of, of ram's horns. There were some that were protecting. There were some that were marching around the walls. But what I love about this passage is that they took the promised land together. They didn't take it alone, but they all 
all marched together. They marched together and everyone had their role. Everyone had an important part and everyone's role mattered. Every single one of them. And you might be a parking lot greeter waving people onto our campus this morning, but I want you to know that your role matters. You might be in the nursery this morning holding babies so that parents could come into the sanctuary and enjoy worship and get into the presence of the Lord, but I want you to know that your role matters. You might be an usher or a greeter, but your role matters. I want you to know you might be a worship leader. You might be on a worship team. You might be on a multimedia team. You might be doing cameras this morning or even lighting, but I want you to know that your role matters. You might serve with children, junior hires, or senior hires, but your role matters. You might be a life group leader, or a deacon on a missions task force, a Bible study teacher, but your role matters. You might be serving somewhere in this church, but I need you to understand that your role matters. It took everybody doing their part to take the city of Jericho. And when Pastor John Smith and Elizabeth Smith, they come to, to cast a vision and help us to know how Elk Grove, California is going to take the walls of coming down and take new territory and new land, it's going to take you and it's going to take me doing our part. Why? Because our roles matter. Every single one of us needs to know that our role matters. There's someone in this place, you might be questioning, you might be thinking, well, what's my role? Does my role really matter? Let me tell you, I don't know if you're 10 years old or if you're 90 years old, but whatever you do for the Lord, your role matters. We have to do it together. If God is calling you to carry the ark, then carry it. If God is calling you to, to guard the front of the ark, then guard it. If God is calling you to guard the back of the ark, then guard it. If God is calling you to play the trumpet, then play it. If God is calling you to march, then march. But the, every single one of us needs to do our part if we want to take the city of Elk Grove. And the enemy will do whatever he can to bring division into the church because he wants to keep us from marching into the promised land. The enemy will use a virus, he'll use, uh, he'll use vaccines, he'll use masks, he'll use racism, he'll use hatred, he'll use violence, he'll use politics to keep us from marching together. But what I love about this church is even though we are a diverse church, we are both unified and diversified all at the same time. And a divided world needs a united church. And I'm so happy this morning that Harvest Church is a united church. Come on now, give yourselves a great hand. We all have to march together. The fifth thought that I would like to share with you today is this. March when there is no shout. March when there is no shout. Verse 10. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. And he says, if we're going to learn how to march, we're going to have to march even when there is no shout. We're going to have to learn how to march even when we're not on emotional high. We're going to have to learn how to march even when it's not glamorous. We're going to have to learn how to march when there are no Holy Ghost goosebumps. We're going to have to learn how to march even when we don't feel amazing. And it takes real commitment and consistency to get up every single day and to keep looking at a wall that is in front of you when you know you've been faithful 
doing. You know that you've been marching, but people that enter the promised land, they learn how to march even when there is no shout. I'm going to keep reading my Bible when there is no shout. I'm going to keep on lifting my hand to the Lord when there is no shout. I'm going to keep on praying when there is no shout. I'm going to keep on worshiping when there is no shout. I'm going to keep on praising when there is no shout and I don't feel Holy Ghost goosebumps. I'm going to keep on serving in the church even when I don't feel no shout, even when I don't hear a shout, and when people are getting on my last nerve, I'm going to keep on giving. Come on. I'm going to keep on serving. How many of you know if you've been serving in church long enough, somebody is going to get on your last nerve? Come on. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, he's not talking about you. You don't get on my nerve. But the person sitting next to you? No, no, no. Don't say it. Don't say it. People that make it to the promised land, they learn how to march even when they don't feel like it. Listen, some of you are on the verge of breakthrough. Some of you are literally standing on the border of your promised land. Don't give up now. Keep on marching when there is no shout. When there is no shout, your role is to keep on marching. When you keep on marching and the wall is still there and there's still no shout, you just keep on being faithful. You keep on being committed. You keep on doing the things God's asking you to do. You just keep on marching and being faithful and listening to the voice of the Lord. You be constant, you be committed, and the walls will fall. Someone say a loud amen right there. Number six, the sixth thought I would like to share with you is when you think you have marched enough, march again. Verse 14 and 15, it says, so on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times times. So for six days, they were marching around the city once a day. But on the seventh day, they got up and it got a little bit more challenging. On the seventh day, it got a little bit harder. You see, the closer they got to their victory, the more opposition they felt and the more challenging it became. Because on the seventh day, they had to march around the city walls seven times. And after they marched around the walls once, guess what they did? They marched again. And then when they marched around the walls twice, guess what they did? They marched again. And then when they marched around the walls three times, guess what they did? They marched again. And every single time they marched, there was still a wall. So what do you think they did? They kept on marching and they marched again. And oftentimes, the closer we get to our breakthrough, the more challenging it will become and the more opposition we will feel. You see, the, the, the darkest hour of the day is always right before the dawn. And we, the one thing that we have to do is we have to be faithful in continuing to march. And when we have been marching and there's still a wall that stands in front of us, what we have to do is keep on marching. I'm old school. Sometimes I just feel like we have to pray through to get our breakthrough. And guess what happens? If the breakthrough doesn't happen, what am I going to do? I'm going to pray again. And just like we have to learn how to march, and just like when we get up every day and we march, if that wall is still there, we have to continue to march and then march again. And if that wall is still standing up again the next day, then what? Then march again. Lord, I'm going to pray, then I'm going to pray again. 
again. Lord, I'm going to serve, and then I'm going to serve again. Lord, I'm going to give, and then I'm going to give again. Lord, I'm going to worship, and then I'm going to worship again. Lord, I'm going to praise you, and then I'm going to praise you again. And if the walls are still standing after all of that, I'm going to march, and then I'm going to march again, even when it's challenging, even when I don't feel like it, even when I might be marching by myself, I'm going to march again. How about you? And, and the seventh and my favorite thought is this. March and shout while the walls are still standing. March and shout while the walls are still standing. Verse 5. When you hear them sound a loud blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Every one straight in. There are going to be times in our life where the walls are still standing. There are going to be times where we don't even know how we're going to get our breakthrough. There's going to be times where we're looking at our job and our job still looks crazy. There's going to be times where we're looking at our degrees and our degrees still look crazy. There's going to be times where we look at our workplaces and our workplaces are still crazy. There's going to be times where we look at our family and our family still acting crazy. There's going to be times where we're looking at our finances and, our, and we still are broke. There's going to be times where we look at our spouses and our spouses are still Still acting crazy but the one thing that people know who have entered the promised land is they know how to march and they know how to shout while the walls are still standing oh I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning I don't know what wall might be standing in front of you but I wish there was someone who would get ready to give a shout and someone who would get ready to stand on their feet who wants to shout and praise and march and be able to see the advancements of the Lord because God has a promised land on the other side of that wall for you. Don't look at the wall. Look at what it could be. Don't look at the wall. See what God is doing in your life and where he wants to take you to. Don't look at the wall and see where you're at now. There's something greater on the other side of that wall. I don't know what wall is in front of you. I don't know what oppositions are in front of you. I don't know the different enemies that you might have in front of you. I don't know what Jericho walls you might have that are in front of you. But I'm a person of faith, and I believe that as we begin to shout, and as we begin to march, and as we begin to worship, that walls will come crumbling down. And with a show of hands this morning, how many of you have a wall that's in front of you this morning? How many of you have opposition that is in front of you this morning? But here's a question. Do you believe that God is able to do what he said he will do? Do you believe that God is able to make the walls come down in your life? Do you, begin, do you believe that as you begin to march, that the walls will come crumbling down? That as you begin to shout, that the walls will begin to come down in your life? If you believe that this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to get ready. I want every single person in this place, if you're able, to stand to your feet. Because here's what we're about to do. We're about to believe collectively. We're about to give a war cry. We're about to give a shout. We're about to see the walls of, the, of, of Jericho come down in our own lives. I don't know what it might be in your life, but I want you to look at that wall. And on the count of three, I want you to begin to shout. And I want you to declare that that wall is going to come down. I don't know what wall that is. I don't know what it might be. But I do know this, that the walls will come crumbling down every time we shout and every time we march. Now come on. One, two, three. Hey! God, we worship you.
I don't know what that wall might be, but I hope that you feel encouraged this morning. I hope that you know that when you go back to week, to work this week, that there might be a wall that's standing in front of you, but I want you to know that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I want you to know that there's greater strength in you because of who Jesus Christ is. I don't know what that wall might be there waiting for you at school this week, but God's able to help you to get through every single one of these walls. I don't know what walls you're looking at in your own family, but I want you to know that you don't have to look at the wall. I want you to see the things that God's going to begin to do in your life. You might be looking at a wall, but I want you to see victory. You might be looking at a wall, but I want you to see that you are more than courageous. You might be looking at a wall, but I want you to see that you have purpose. You might be looking at a wall, but I want you to know that God is with you. You might be looking at a wall, and the enemy might be big, but I want you to know that God is greater in you than he who is in the world. God is with you. God is for you and I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning but God's gonna help tear down every single one of these walls and guess what as you tear down those walls God's not just gonna do that for you but he's gonna do it for your family and your children and your children's children and your family and your family lineage and heritage God wants to do something great in your life believe it know that God is able I know that tomorrow you might be seeing a wall but that's okay because we're going to get our, our march on. That's okay because we're going to begin to play the trumpet. That's okay because we're going to know that God is with us. That's okay because some of us are guarding the front of the ark. Some of us are guarding the back of the ark. Some of us are holding the ark of the covenant. And the only way that we make it through to the next season is by having the presence of the Lord on our life. God, I thank you for every single person that's here this morning or those that joined us online. God, it's your presence that makes all the difference. And so right now, Lord, I pray that you would speak encouragement and hope and future inside of every single person here. God, we're not going to take the promised land by facts. We're going to take the promised land by faith. It, we're not going to wait until everything looks perfect. We're not going to wait until everything makes sense. God, we're going to do the things you've asked us to do so that when we do those things, we're going to know that it wasn't by facts that we took the promised land, but we're going to know that it was by faith because of the things that you did. Not because of what we did. All we did was we were obedient to listen to, listen to your word. But God, we're going to take the promised land because of who you are. And we're going to take it on faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, say a loud amen this morning. Amen and amen and amen. Now, there might be some of you here this morning and you walked into this sanctuary and you say, Man, I feel the presence of the Lord. And it's been a long time since I felt the presence of the Lord. Maybe you've never felt the presence of the Lord. I remember coming to church when I was 16 years old. I'd never felt the presence of the Lord ever in my life. And I came to Harvest Church back in 1996. Yeah, that was a long time ago. 1996, and I felt the presence of the Lord for the first time. And that day I gave my life to Jesus Christ because I didn't want to do life by myself. I wanted the presence of the Lord to go with me everywhere I went. And can I tell you that when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, that the presence of the Lord was all over my life. I didn't have to wait from Sunday to Sunday to feel the presence of the Lord, but that God was with me every single day. And if you're here this morning, or maybe you've joined us online, let me encourage you today that the Bible says today is a day of salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me encourage you this morning to pray this prayer so that Jesus will come into your life. And it's not the prayer alone that saves you, but it's believing these words 
words that does the saving. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've prayed this prayer at some point in your life, but you've walked away from the faith and you and God know that you have not been living for the Lord. If that's you, let me also invite you to pray this prayer. And Harvest Church, for all those that are going to be praying this prayer, I want you to also join in with them and say this prayer out loud. If you need to pray this prayer, pray this prayer. Harvest Church, join in with them. Everyone go ahead and bow your heads with me and close your eyes and say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I can sense your presence that is here. And just like in the sermon today, the only way I can make it to my promised land, the only way I can fulfill my purpose in life is to have the presence of the Lord in my life. And so, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, of all my wrongdoings, of all my iniquity. And I ask you to come into my heart. I want you to forgive me, for I believe on you, I receive you, and I commit my life to Jesus Christ. And everyone said a loud amen. Now, here's what just took place. Our church family wants an opportunity to rejoice with you if you gave your life to Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I'm going to count to three. And what I want you to do is I want you to lift your hands if you prayed that prayer all over this sanctuary. You're not going to be embarrassed. You're not going to be ashamed to take a stand for Jesus Christ in here. If you can't take a stand for Jesus in here, you're not going to live for him out there. I'm going to count to three, and you're going to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer with me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift your hands all across this sanctuary. Here we go. We have people back there, right over here, right over there, right over here, right there. Come on, keep those hands lifted up. Right back there, right there, right there, right over here. How about over here on this side? Right back there, over there. Come on, right over here. Now give the Lord great praise, everyone. God is faithful. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices in prayer when even just one person knows Jesus Christ. And we had several of you that came to know Jesus Christ, which is why our Harvest Church family is rejoicing with you. Listen, this is your new church family. You don't need to look anywhere else. You don't need to go anywhere else. These are your uncles and your aunties and your moms and dads in the faith. This is your family, and we want you to grow here with us. We want you to become a real disciple of Jesus Christ. And the way that that happens is you can go online that's, and, and uh, look up I Said Yes. And that's a great way for you to sign up for our Foundations of Faith class to help you know how to grow in your faith. You could also fill out this uh, welcome card. Maybe you filled it out earlier, but on the very back it says, I committed my life to Jesus Christ or I renewed my life to Jesus Christ. But if that's you this morning, do us a favor, fill that out and hand it to one of the ushers on your way out. But we are so glad that you came here this morning to worship with us and to give honor to where honor is due, and that is to the Lord. Come on, give the Lord another great clap offering this morning. I just want to let you all know that uh, Pastor John and Pastor Elizabeth Smith are going to begin to be with us starting in, in the new year. But there are two times that they're going to be with us before then. One of them, Pastor John and Pastor Elizabeth missed you so much already. They said, can I preach next week? I said, absolutely. So Pastor John is going to preach next week here at Harvest Church. And then he's going to go back to New Orleans to continue wrapping things up. But uh, then they'll be back on December 24th, December 25th weekend because we're going to have a Christmas Eve and a duplicate service on Christmas Day. So you don't have to choose to come to one uh, and the other. You can just come to one or the other. But we're going to have one service on Christmas Eve service. That'll be the 24th, and that'll be at 6 o'clock. And then on Christmas Day, we'll have one service at 10 o'clock here at Harvest Church. But how many of you know that God is up to something good? Amen. 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 
Let me just pray a prayer blessing over every single one of you. Lord, I thank you that you are with us, Lord. Again, you taught us how to march today. You taught, you taught us, Lord, how to take new ground and more territory. And so, Lord, I pray that this week that you would be with us. And if the walls are still standing, that we would continue to march. And then the next day we get up and the walls are still standing, that we would continue to march and to give a shout, to continue to be faithful. Because, Lord, you are always faithful to us. Lord, as we exit from your sanctuary, may we never exit from your presence. For it's in Jesus' name that we give you praise. And everyone said aloud, amen. Amen and amen. Go with the presence of the Lord this morning. God bless you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.